Hello, and welcome to the Park Baptist Church Podcast with Pastor David Blakely. Our goal is to preach the Word of God in a real and authentic way, so you are filled with the Spirit to guide you through life each and every week. To learn more about Park Baptist Church, visit parkbaptist.com. And now, Pastor David Blakely. Good morning again. Well, I think most of us are familiar with the saying, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. And the reality is, is that all of us face different problems, that we go through hard, hard times in our life. It could be marital, it could be job, uh, it could be it could be health related. You know, the, the reality is that all of us deal with difficult situations, difficult times. And these problems can be pretty heavy. They can be downright staggering at times. Uh, it can lead to distress, anxiety, depression. And, you know, if a person is dealing with something that hits them hard enough, it can really take them down some, some pretty dark alleys. And how we respond to the problems, again, it's not a matter of whether we're going to have problems or not. The reality is we are going to have problems in life. But how we respond doesn't just affect us personally. It affects our families. It affects our mental health. It affects our physical health. It affects the happiness that, that we have, the peace that we have. There was a survey done in the, um, of Mayo Clinic patients, and 85% of Mayo Clinic patients um, stated that the, the mental stress caused by their physical disease that they were dealing with, it didn't matter what the disease was, 85% of them said that it led to significant mental stress. And so we need to, ha we need to have an answer. When we deal with hard times, problems. Again, regardless of what the problem is, we need to have a way of answering that, a way of responding to that. The reality is, is that the hardships and challenges that we have in life can become real joy stealers. And need I remind you, John 10.10, 10, the purpose is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus's purpose is to give us rich and satisfying life. So we need to understand that, um, that we can't just plot along in life, just go, oh, well, just how it is. There, there is a way that we can respond. Now, if you are having a hard time, or if you have ever had a time sometimes it helps to hear what someone else is going through and how they responded and we're going to look today at David and a hard time that he went through and how he responded chapter 30 I'm going to begin with the first six verses it says three days later when David and his men arrived home at their town of Ziklag that, that, that ought to be reason right there to have a hard time. If you live in a town named Ziklag, or they were the Ziklag Zemans. I, you know, I, 
Okay, anyhow, three days later, when David and his men arrived home at the town of Ziklag, they found that the Amalekites had made a raid into the Negev and Ziklag. They had crushed Ziklag and burned it to the ground. They had carried off the women and children and every else, every, everyone else, but without killing anyone. When David saw the ruins and realized what had happened to their families, they wept until they could weep no more. David's two wives, Anhonam and Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal from Carmel, were among those captured. David was now in great danger because all of his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters, and they began to talk of stoning him. But David found strength in the Lord his God. We can learn a lot from David here, and I hope that this message today is going to be one of encouragement for you, that you will walk out of here with a, a sense of, okay, I, I have a better handle on how to deal with the hardships and the problems that we have. Because what we can learn from David is he didn't let his circumstances defeat him. He found strength in the Lord. He answers. He trusted God and he took action. Now, remember, look at verse six. David was in great danger because all of his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters. And they began to talk about stoning him. But David found strength in the Lord. His now, how do we respond when when problems come to you, when when hardships occur in your life? How do you respond? Do you have this attitude where you just sort of set your job? Like, I'm just going to grit through this? Or do you just feel like a pinball where you have no control over the situation and you're just bouncing along and the, the problems are dictating how you're responding? Or do you just go, I quit, I give up, I just don't do this anymore, make the world go away? You know, how, how do we respond to the hardships? Many people, I think, will appreciate this story. Back in 1932, it was in the, during the, the Great Depression. And here on the Great Plains, or the Great Plains, um, grasshoppers had come through and had wiped out the crops due to for poor farming practices. The soil had been depleted, and so there was no really good quality topsoil and there was drought going on, and so as a result, there had been no rain for an extended period of time. Uh, the temperatures were well in excess of 100 degrees. So you have just this perfect storm that created what was known as the Great Dust Bowl. The economy was absolutely devastated. Again, the country was already in a depression. And then you add to that the fact that the crops have all been ruined. And so it was a really, really tough time to try to be making a living in life. And it was especially a difficult time for, for anyone to, that was trying to run a store of any kind. And as soon as I begin talking about this, you all are going to catch on because you're a smart crowd. There was a, there was a drug store 
that was about to go under. They were really struggling. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to generate income. And like, like many businesses, they were, on the, they were right on the cusp, right on the verge of going bankrupt. And so this couple, they were a godly couple, and they began to pray and seek the Lord and just say, God, uh, how, how do we respond? What do we do? We don't know how, how to save our store. And they got the idea, and this is such a silly idea, but they got the idea of putting signs out that says, stop and get free water. And that's so silly because all stores gave out free water. There, there wasn't anything unique about that. But they, they decided they were going to advertise that they gave free water. So they went out 50 miles and said, stop at Wall Drug Store and get free water. And then at 20 miles, and then at 10 miles, and then at 5 miles, they put these signs out. How many of you all have stopped at Wall Drug Store? Quite a few of you. In the, first, in the first service, pretty much everybody had stopped there at some point. And again, this was so silly because everybody gave free water away. They weren't doing anything that no one else wasn't doing, but they advertised it. And people began to stop in. And now over 15,000 people stop there every year to their little drugstore in a town of 800 people. Why? Because they were faithful to what God led them to do. Something silly, something insignificant, like advertising that they were giving away free ice water, save their business and save their store. Now I tell you this point, I, I tell you this because here's the point. The couple didn't let their circumstances determine their outcome. They didn't throw in and just say, oh, this is too big of a problem. No one's going to hold us um, because we went bankrupt. Uh, the, the reality is, is that everybody's going bankrupt. But they didn't do that. They took the simple step. 1 Corinthians 16 says, be on guard Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Job 79 says, Righteous, keep moving forward. And those with clean hands become stronger and stronger. You see, <clears throat> our responsibility isn't just to stand there with our hands in our pockets and go, I don't know what to do. It's, it's beyond me. Our job is to be faithful, to be obedient, to seek God, and then do the simple things that God calls us to do. Don't let the, the diverse problems, the, the difficult problems that you're facing dictate you and dictate the rest of your life. 2 Corinthians 12. 9 says, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. Pleasure in my weakness and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. 
For when I am weak, then I am strong. You see, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about us. It's about God. And when we stand not in our own strength and not in our own firmness, not in our own ability, we stand in the truth of God. That's when we can accomplish great things, things that are, are beyond us. Notice again, 30 verse 6, David found strength in the Lord his God. It doesn't say David found strength in himself. He didn't rely on himself. He didn't blame God either. So often when we run into difficulties and hardships, the first thing we do is like, oh God, why are you letting this happen to me? I'm special. I'm the cupcake, you know? Don't let this happen to me. That's not the way it works. All of us have problems. All of us have difficulties. And so what we have to do is we have to stand firm in the Lord. How do we do that? Ephesians 6, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. You see, our strength doesn't come from us. It never will come from us. It is always going to come from the Lord. Put on the mighty power of God. How do we do that? How do you put on the full armor of God? How do you put on the mighty armor of God? Psalm 119, verse 28, and this is from the Living Bible. It says, I weep with grief. My heart is heavy with sorrow. Encourage and cheer me with your word. There's the answer. If you are struggling, if you are having difficulty, the answer, believe it or not, is not going to be found in Washington, D.C. The answer is not going to be found by watching The View or Dr. Phil. I know that comes as a shock. I, I, I was shocked myself. The answer comes from the Word of God. That's where we find our strength. That's where we find our, that's where we will find the solution to every problem we have. Get into the word of God. Acts 20 verse 32. Again, this is the living Bible. It says, and now I trust to you, God and his care and to his wonderful words that are able to build your faith and give you all the inheritance of those who are set apart for himself. Again, this is just a verse that is, is reinforcing that it's the word of God that's going to build your faith and strengthen you and give you the ability to stand firm in the times of trial. This is a faith action. We talk about living by faith. Well, this is what living by faith when you have a problem or a difficulty and you commit to the word of God and you go and live based on what does the word say and then you act according to what the word of God says. Now, David sought God. That's the bottom line. He sought God. 
And when he saw verse 8 says, Then David asked, Should I chase after this band of raiders? Will I catch them? What did David do? He came to God and he said, God, think about it. When Paul and Silas were imprisoned in the, in the jail in Philippi, what is it that they did? They prayed. When Jesus was in the garden and he, he was about to go to the cross, what was it that he did? He prayed. When the apostles gathered together in the upper room after Jesus ascended into heaven, what did they do? They prayed. Anytime you have something that's weighing on you, the answer is you should be praying about it. Always, always, always pray. Philippians 4, 6, 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. You see, this is, this is the answer that we need. When you're dealing with a, a difficult situation, when you're struggling, pray about it. Pray about it. And when you're done, pray about it some more. Realize that there is power in prayer. We talk about it. But we don't necessarily step up and, and live it. Seven, beginning with verse 7 says, Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. Everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. What that's telling you is that you continue to pray. Pray. When you pray, you should expect good answers. It goes on, and I'm just going to summarize that basically when you're praying, um, you should expect good answers. The, it goes on to say that um, when you're dealing with, with a, an issue and you come before the Lord and you're asking God for answers, you should expect good results. And he, he says, as a parent, if, if your child asks for bread, you're not going to give them a rock. And if they ask for a fish, you're not going to give them a snake. You know, anybody that's a good parent is going to do this. Now, I had to tell this story to the first, first crowd. I am not a good parent. And the reason that I say that is my little girl, when she was a little girl, she was always drinking apple juice. And she was had her little sippy cup, and she's slurping away on the apple juice. And she asked me to please give her some more apple juice. Well, me and my infinite wisdom, being the guy that I am, I filled it up with apple cider vinegar. <laughs> just, just for the laugh. So most parents, if the, parent, if the child asks for bread, they're not going to get a stone. 
There are some of us out there who might do that. Oh, goodness. She still hasn't forgiven me. <laughs> what we need to understand is that God, who is perfect and loving, when we come to God in prayer, he's going he's gonna to answer our prayers and he's not going to answer in a bad way. He's going to answer in a positive way. 1 John 5 says, And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. Well, what is it that pleases him? When we ask for God, when we come to God and we ask out of our need, when we come to God and say, God, I'm struggling and I know that you are the answer, please help me. That pleases God. Now, God is not going to be pleased if we come to him and say, hey, God, I really would like to win the lottery. You know, thanks for the winning numbers. You know, that's not the sort of prayer God answers. And that doesn't please God because that's not a prayer where you're seeking to be depending on God. What you're, you know, we need to understand what is right and what honors God. Verse 15 goes on, and since we know he hears us, when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. When we need something is not the time to quit praying. So often when, when we are really desperate and we're seeking God, that's the time where we need to get more intense in our prayer life. And that's usually when we start to flake out and we begin to start going, you know, and, and saying, God, I, I, I don't know anymore. I guess you're just not going to answer me and it's up to me. And we tend to abandon our prayer time. What do you pray for? Pray for wisdom. Pray for God's will to be done. God has allowed you to go through a time of testing and so say, God, You've allowed this, and so let your will be done. Let your will be accomplished in my life and in the lives of people around me. David trusted God. Verses 8 and 9, back in 1 Samuel 30, it says that he sought God, and he said, should I chase after them? What should I do? And God said, yes, go after them. You will surely recover everything that was taken from you. So David and his 600 men set out, and they came to the brook of Besor. Now, what, what we need to draw from this is that David prayed, and then David acted. Ephesians 3.20, I've already read it to you, but it says, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power to work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. You see, when we come to God, we have this expectation, but God has this expectation. And so if I come to God and I'm just praying, oh God, please help me through this situation, God says, oh no, 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 no. I have not just this situation, but I have so much more that I'm wanting to accomplish. So be ready to have, you know, have instead of a, a teaspoon, be ready with a dump truck for what God wants to accomplish. Jeremiah 23 Verses 23 and 24 says, Am I a God who's only close at hand, says the Lord? No, I am far away at the same time. Can anyone hide from me in a secret place? 
Am I not everywhere in all of the heavens and the earth, says the Lord? Again, we serve a God who is present wherever you are. If you are in the darkest, deepest, most pitiful, horrible predicament that you could possibly imagine, God is there with you. And if you're on a mountaintop and life couldn't be any better, God is there with you. God is present all the time, everywhere. Hebrews 13, I will never fail you. I will never leave you. I will never abandon you. David took action. He didn't sit back and say, oh my, this is so bad. I don't know what to do. I'm just going to sit here until God does something. He took action. Verse 10 says, but 200 of the men were too exhausted to cross the brook. So David continued the pursuit with 400 men. He started with 600, 200 of them quit on him, but he didn't quit. He said, we're going to keep on going. We are to act in faith. David understood that it wasn't him. It was God that was going to bring the victory. It was God that was going to bring his family back. It was God. It always is about God. Galatians 6, 5, for we are responsible for our own conduct. You know, we, we each understand this. We need to understand this, that it is our conduct that we're responsible for. I can't fix you. You can't fix me. But we, before God, are responsible for ourselves. And again, Ephesians 3.20, what I want to focus in on again is a work within, that God is at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might act, ask, or think. We are to trust God because it's about God, it's not about us. God puts us in predicaments to, to teach us how to respond in those predicaments. <clears throat> and I use this analogy in the first service. We are the pen in God's hands. The Declaration of Independence is a remarkable piece of work, not because of the pen that wrote it, but because of the minds that were behind the writing of the Declaration of Independence. God is writing his story in our lives. We are the pen, okay? So our job is to be ready, to be capable, to be working, to be doing whatever we're asked to do. And let God be the one who gets the glory and the honor. Our job is to just be faithful and be, be done, to, to, to have done what God wants to do in us and through us. Now, along the way, God's going to do some things that we can't plan for. It's called God's providence. You know, David is here with his, his army. He has 600 guys, 200 of them are too tired to move on. And so he is chasing after an unknown enemy with 400 tired guys. And he's saying, all right, I've got to figure this out. And they come upon a field and there's this poor Egyptian slave 
out there in the field. And so they take pity on him. They give him something to drink and they give him some food. And after a little bit, he begins to come around and they say, hey, tell us what's going on. Who are you? What, you know, they're hoping to maybe get some, some reconnaissance information. And the slave says, well, I was a, a slave to these Amalekites and I was too tired and too sick to move on. And so they abandoned me and you know, a little light bulb goes on and they said, can you maybe tell us where these bad guys are? And the slave says, under one condition, you don't kill me. And so they work out a little deal. They give him some food and water. And he says, they're this way, fellas. And beginning, it says, David and his men rushed in among them and slaughtered them throughout the night and the entire next day until the evening. None of the Amalekites except 400 young men who fled on camels were able to escape. David got back everything the Amalekites had taken and he rescued his two wives. Nothing was missing, small or great, son or daughter, nor anything else that had been taken. David brought everything back. He also recovered all the flocks and the herds and his men drove them ahead of the other livestock. That's called providence. He wasn't looking for this to happen. All he knew was he needed to make some attempt to try and get some people back or else his men were going to kill him. And God provided the victory. He was faithful. God provided the victory. This is the same for you and I. God doesn't ask us to figure it all out. God doesn't ask us to make certain things happen. God just says, be faithful, be obedient. Trust God to do the same in your life that he did for David. Romans 8.28, a scripture that most of us are very familiar with. We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes for them. You know, we, we make it harder than it needs to be. God wants us to be faithful. He wants us to be obedient. He wants us to take a step of faith and do what we know is right to do. And then trust God. He will sort it out. He will guide you through the different circumstances as they happen. My mother used to have a, a phrase that she says, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. And that's the way we're to live our life. We don't need to worry about next week and the week after and the week after. We need to be faithful to God today. I came across a little poem that I thought was a, a good way of looking at it. It's called Two Frogs. Two frogs fell into a deep cream bowl. One was an optimistic soul, but the other took a gloomy view. We shall drown, he cried, without more ado. So with a last despairing cry, he flung up his legs and said goodbye. Said the frog with a merry grin, I can't get out, but I won't give in. I'll just swim round till the strength, my strength is spent. Then I will die the more content. Bravely he swam till, he did, till it did seem 
His struggling began to churn the cream. On top of the butter at last he stepped, and out of the bowl at last he leapt. What's the, what of the moral? Tis easily found. If you can't get out, keep swimming around. God loves you. He cares about you. Yes, you are going to deal with difficult things in life. It's just a given. But our responsibility is to be obedient, be faithful, and just keep plugging away biblically, godly. Get on our knees and pray and trust that God will see you through. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the fact that you care about us. You haven't abandoned us. You haven't turned us over to, to do it all by ourselves. You've given us everything we possibly need or, or, or have to rely on, and we are to just trust you. Please help us to do that because sometimes that's very scary, Lord. Please help us to be just obediently faithful to you. And I pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen.